getting ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, good evening, and welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Ferg. Well, I'm, I'm actually Ferguson's agent, and uh, we've got Trevor's agent on as well. Um, we're now uh, famous TV stars, apparently. Um, Trevor, this is us last night in my kitchen, uh, watching Sky back last night. It, it was nuts. <laughs> it was a good day, wasn't it? A very enjoyable day from start to finish. Uh, team turned up, fans turned up made the most of what isn't the best of grounds had a few beers in great company can't ask for a better day really mm, no it was it was really good really good uh alex unfortunately well one would have thought beforehand going to the west ham stadium uh the london stadium that it wasn't that much of a miss because yeah we're lucky to be there ourselves but it's one of the worst away days going um you didn't see it you watched it from afar in copenhagen you spilt your yeah. drink didn't you <laughs> yeah, I did when I when I saw you two on telly. Um, my my sister went like, "Look, it's Trev and Ferg," and I spilled my drink everywhere. <laughs> I was, but yeah, I'm I'm starting to get used to to seeing you two on the telly. So um, it's it's good fun. Well, what what was missing from the trio though was Capo Dan. Normally, because Capo Dan's yeah. with us, you know, and everyone was uh, asking, "Where's Where's Dan?" Yeah, I know. Like there was there was there was a good bunch of us. Um, who do we have? We had here. Uh, we had uh, Mark, we had Jason, we had Ellis, there was me, there's Dan, uh, there's Keith in the background, there's, there's several uh, several regulars there. And we thought, oh, it's a shame, really such a shame uh, that Dan didn't make it. Dan, what happened? Didn't make the game? Yeah, I uh, I got a call last minute saying there was a ticket and I was shopping in Sainsbury. So I was walking along, I had me shopping bags in me, in me, in me hand. So I had to quickly get home, just drop them, leave them there, jump in the cab, and ended up at, at Stratford. And then I got in as they were singing bubbles. So quite quite nice burst, to make it. Is that, off, bursting, is that bursting bubbles or blowing bubbles? Yeah, if you listen quietly, you could hear the sounds of little cries from the West Ham fans blowing the bubbles. But I don't know. At least I got to find out the answer to who put the ball in the West Ham net. <laughs> After fucking <laughs> Uh, we have that video. Hang on, just give me a second. I'll bring that up because there is. Uh, I, I was waiting on that for a little bit later. Uh, let's have a look. Here we go. Let's open this one. So this is this is the. It was it was a really really good rendition, and we, that was that's from the West Ham end. Um, but this is from your seat, Dan. Uh, 
Bradley who's playing Bond next. Uh, well, it will have to be me. You know, with with you, you can't have an Englishman playing like an English superhero. It's got to be somebody who's not English. Is well, you know, it's got to be. You know, they've got to tick all these boxes these days. So that, that's that's what it's going to be, don't you think, Trev? <laughs> Fergus, to to play James Bond, you have to be able to carry off wearing a pair of shorts and. Uh... I saw you in your box of shorts this morning. You couldn't do it, pal. That was just, honestly, I've not, I've not eaten all day. I've not eaten all day. It was disgusting. Four of you two together and some of you in your boxes is putting me off my dinner altogether for tomorrow. Oh, too early, too early, too early. I went too soon. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> no comment. Finished already. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I know what's happened there. I know what's happened. Mr. Hills has been uh, playing with, with what I'd lined up. <laughs> yeah, I have, because that ain't been shown. Lad, lad uh, you, you just talked about you being in your boxer, you doing it too early, and then you've just mentioned that as well. I think we need to move on, because these are some really bad thoughts in my head at the minute. And this, this <laughs> We will, look, look. Right. Let, let, let's talk about the game. You know, we're talking about 60 football, aren't we? 60 football? You see what I see? Uh, well done, Dale. You get the credit for that one. West Ham had already beaten Arsenal twice this season. 3-1 in the League Cup and um, 2-0 at the Emirates in December. Um, and it was an observation I made uh, to, it might have been yourself this morning, Trevor, uh, definitely uh, speaking to Mem. Um, we lost heavily. Well, we got we lost to West Ham at home over Christmas. And they top of schooled us defensively with 31 shots and we couldn't get a, a goal away. And then we went into the FA Cup against Liverpool um, and they, um, uh, you know, they, they knocked us out of the cup. And over the last six weeks later, over the last uh, week, uh, we've uh, tronced both of them and scored uh, nine goals against those two sides. Trevor, thoughts? Well, for me, it's it's really simple. It really is simple. We were playing well and losing games. And I said before that you couldn't have foreseen all of our goal scorers stopping scoring at once. And we were playing well and they'd all stop scoring. Now we're playing just as well in our build-up work and moving the ball just as nicely. But our goal scorers are back bang on form since the Liverpool game. They're banging them in for fun. So hopefully that's the bad spell over. All teams have them and uh, we're going to run out of the season now. Yeah, Alex, before the game, you know, I wasn't hugely confident. I, I predicted a 2-1 win because I thought that we had to turn that, that, that round at some point. But I was a little bit worried that West Ham had gotten our heads a little bit because, you know, they'd done us uh, last season. Uh, we were, uh, what was it? What well, we were up to three up, and we drew at West, like the sack and missing penalty, and so on. They've done yeah. quite a few against us recently. Um, they hadn't done the double of us or in the league since 2006 and 2007. What were your thoughts going into the game? Did you genuinely think, um, that we were going to go there and win, or were you just trying to convince yourself? Well, I was I was quietly confident after the, the performance against Liverpool, um, and, and the one against Forest as well. So we were in good form, but I mean, it's a difficult place to come to. Um, West Ham, they hadn't lost uh, a home game for 10 games uh, running. So they've been in good form at home, even though they've struggled um, away from home. <clears throat> so I knew it was going to be a difficult task to come there and and, and like a mental hurdle for the players to um, to get revenge after the, the last couple of games against West Ham. But um, yeah, I mean, they all they all quiet, quiet and us... Um, the players throughout the game, that was just an 
unbelievable game of football um, and probably the best I've seen us play uh, this season. And like Trev said, we, we struggled um, over the Christmas period, putting the ball in the back of the net, even though our underlying stats were good. Um, they didn't struggle against West Ham on Sunday. Certainly, um, that was just crazy game of football. Mm. Uh, Dan, uh, like he was talking about putting the ball in the, bas- uh, the West Ham net. Who put the ball in the West Ham net? After beep, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was your what, what was your expectation? I, I spoke to some West Ham fans before the game, and they said uh, they all believed that they were going to get trumps because Piquetta wasn't playing. Um, and I actually didn't really believe it. Your thoughts? What did you genuinely, really, really think before the game? I always think we're going to be able to go there and win. So I'm, I'm never going to think otherwise. And and it's not just about being a fan. A fan. It's because I think we're we're a very good side. Um, but not at all did I think we'd go and put six past them. Um, it's always key against West Ham the first goal to have to open them up. And my worry was that they got the first goal and then just sat in. So as soon as mm. we open them up, we're a good side. We can score goals. The, that that worry hasn't gone right, and, and and I said last week about keeping a bit more level-headed, and that we're all buzzing. We've had a fantastic weekend, celebrate and enjoy it. But a big win doesn't change how we are as a team. We're the same team as we was before that game. Just hopefully with a little bit more confidence. We still have to work on scoring goals, from open play. You know, the the, the first goal we tend to score in games tends to tends to come from a set piece still. And if we score from a set piece, then we open up. That, well- We'll go into that in, 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 in due course over that. Uh, Trev, myself and yourself, uh, we sent a little video over to Sophie at Highbury Squad. Uh, Hello. Hello. So, you all yeah. right, sweetheart? We're outside Stratford City. Uh, it's near, near the um, the West Ham game. We've had a couple of beers in a pub that's full of West Ham. Yeah. You're all right, though. Yeah, it's all right. Friendly. Yeah, friendly enough. My beer's getting long. <laughs> Isn't it? Can you guys know where the stadium is? No. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> It's football day! <laughs> here we are. Listen, Mike, welcome to London again. Uh, you're here You're here nearly more than Trev is. I live... More, I'm a more of a Londoner than you are. Fergus. This is you true. I, I wasn't London. even born in London. No. I don't live in, you're not even English. No, no, I'm no, English. No. Yeah. You're not even English. Come on. This is true. Uh, this I'm is true. just... This is an, an Englishman, an Irishman, and an American walk into a bar. Yeah. 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 Literally. Literally. You can make the rest of what, it up yourself, what, guys. What, yeah. what are we expecting today? Look, this is my... Fourth trip to the London Stadium, um, and we haven't won. What are you expecting today? I'm going to go two-two. I, I always do two-two unless I'm really, really not confident. Who invited him in this conversation? Two-two means that I want to, that I think we're going to win, but I'm afraid to say it because okay. I am afraid. I'm just a generally afraid person. So he's really just he's gone for yeah. Desmond. Yeah, what are you going for? Desmond, oh, yeah. We're overdue a win against West Ham. They've, they worked just out last time, played well against us, but I think it'll be vice versa today. We'll work them out today. I'll take a 1-0 all day long. Yeah, I, I said in the podcast on Monday night, 2-1 to the Arsenal. Um, as you say, we're overdue a win. I thought we dominated them uh, at ours uh, over Christmas. We played really, really well against um, Liverpool last week. Uh, I just hope that because West Ham are at home, that they actually want to play a game of football. If they want to play a game of football, we will we will, um, we'll, 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 we'll conquer them and we'll win. If they Trev, none of us were really confident, were we? we well, you, you couldn't be overconfident when they've already beaten us twice this season. You know, you had to, you've always got it in the back of your mind that, you know, they've beaten us. That they, The last game at Highbury, although we were the far better side, they've worked us out and, and let us play our football and, and didn't, but didn't let us have a chance, really, or didn't let us take a chance. 
So, yeah, there's, it's always in the back of your mind we might struggle. But when the game kicked off, I don't know about you boys, how you saw it, from minute, like two minutes in, I was thinking to myself, we're on it today here. Yeah? We're proper on it today. And I, I thought to myself, we're going to win. I obviously didn't, didn't think 6-0. But from minute one, minute two, I thought, yeah, we'll be all right today. These boys are right on it. And they were. They were superb from, from the first kickoff to the last kick of the game. Play, played West Ham, a top six side. Not, not like a relegation haunted side. A top a side that's pushing for top six. A side that won, a, a, well, according to their fans, were European champions last year. And we've not gone to their place and beaten them. We've gone to their place and absolutely shown them how to play football. It was a pleasure to be there and watch. It really was. Mm. Uh, on on that note of um, European um, uh, champions or champions of Europe, um, Arsenal have now beaten all three reigning European champions this season. Man City in the Champions League uh, holders, Sevilla, the Europa League holders, and West Ham, um, the tin pot holders. Uh, guys, uh, let's talk about the game. Um, looking at the lineups. Um, did I, I haven't got the graphic for the lineup, so give me a second. Uh, uh, talk to me about the lineups and what you made of the lineup, um, Alex. Yeah, um, well, the first thing I noticed was our bench, because um, I think it was four players that was a doubt uh, up until the game that weren't in the squad. Um, they, yeah, they, they've got it. Um, so... Sinchenko was out. He started the last game against Liverpool. He he was out. Um, so Kivior came in in his place. And then Trossard came in um, instead of Jorginho, who was out as well. And then Smith Rowe was also out. And Jesus was also out. Um, so, yeah, looking at the bench, there's a couple of uh, unfamiliar names. Bandera um, and then some of the youngsters as well. Enwanieri and Walters. Um, so yeah, I was I was just hoping the the starting eleven was going to get the job done because we didn't have too much to um, to put in from the bench, um, but I was still confident because the the starting eleven did look good um, and it was a strong starting eleven. Um, so it was just whether they could get the job done. Um, uh, Trev, um, we we saw the lineup beforehand and we we as Alex rightly said we looked at the bench and we thought Christ there isn't much options there. Uh, Jorginho being out uh, after a masterclass that he had the, the week before, um, and Kivior coming in. Now uh, I'm jumping on a little bit, but generally about Kivior's performance because we talked about it. Well, you talked to my ear a huge amount about how well he performed in that game. Yeah, I was I was really impressed with young Kivior. I can see improvements in his game every time he plays, you know. Every time he pulls his shirt on, I can see an improvement in his game. And uh, I thought he did really well yesterday. It gave our game a different perspective because, obviously, Kibiori's nose in Chenko. He wasn't going to fly up the, fly through the middle of the field and, and, and cover all the ground in the midfield. But he did different things. He stopped West Ham playing down that side perfectly. He got forward when he needed to. I think he won the corner for the first goal with his persistence. Um, yeah, so I had absolutely no problem with Kivior. And I know we'll talk about it at the end, but I looked at everybody that played and I couldn't find fault with anybody. So I thought to myself, who's my man of the match? They've all played blind in games, you know, really. They've all had a good game. So I thought, well, I, I gave it to Kivior, I did. I'll give me player of the match to Kivior because I just thought coming into a game like that, 
I, I just thought he looked solid, perfect. Had a, had a really good game. Dan, we didn't talk about the, the lineups before the, before the game because we didn't know you were there. Um, what was your view sitting in the cab, seeing the, the lineups coming in? Did it worry you? No, not at all. I mean, I, I put a message in the group chat on the way up there that I thought that, to be honest, even if we had the same team available as um, the previous game against Liverpool, that, hit, that Arteta would have picked that side because I think he picked that side about a bit more control in transition because when you've got someone like Jorginho in the midfield on transition, he hasn't really got the legs. Zinchenko gets opened up on, on that side. And you've got players like Bowen and Kudus that, that can run into the channel and, and are very, very good in transition. So I think he set it up in that way to have a bit more control. Kivior is, is a lot more solid in that position defensively than Zinchenko. And then it felt like at the start, he was going to drop someone alongside Rice and near enough have that box midfield, but without a central striker um, to have sort of Trossard, Erdegaard, Rice and Havertz as the box four. But I think you'll give, give credit to Arteta as well because he changed that after a while and there was a comment in the chat about um, Kivior looking a little bit shaky at the start. I don't think it was Kivior that was shaky. I thought as a team, we started well, but West Ham looked like they were going to be able to carry the ball for like the first what, five or ten minutes and cause us a few problems. And then Arteta just switched it. So instead of Kivior coming inside, left Kivior out on the left, and it was actually Ben White that came in. And as soon as he brought Ben White in, he near enough left Ben Johnson a bit more space on the right-hand side, but gave um, Kudus and Bowen absolutely no space at all. And then as soon as he got rid of their space, we just suffocated them and they never got out. It's interesting that you said that that at, at the beginning of the game, you thought West Ham uh, were able to carry the ball because I said to Trevor, um, we came back here uh, yesterday evening, got some food and stuff and we put uh, the, the game back on again. Not to watch the football, just to watch ourselves on telly more than anything else. That was the only thing we were really interested in. Um, no, joke. Um, but, uh, not joking. Um, <laughs> Um, but I, I, I said that I thought West Ham controlled the first 10 minutes or so of that game, 10, 15 minutes, until um, we started to grow back in the game again because it looked like uh, they, they were making some runs and some and, and doing some counterattacks. I, I, I was a little bit worried that we might, they might nick that first goal. On reflection, watching it back on Sky, this is what I said to Trevor, and Trevor, you can come back to me on, on your thoughts on it. Um, on reflection, when I watch it back on Sky, and it might be just a different perspective because you're seeing it on TV rather than seeing it in the ground. I thought West Ham offered absolutely nothing, Trev. Well, it's interesting, isn't it, Fergus, right? In that when you go away to any team at their home ground, um, they're going to start on the front foot. The home team, they'll always start strong against the Arsenal. They'll always try and play their game. And although West Ham started off trying to play their game, and you could see they were trying to move the ball around, I didn't feel that we were under threat at all during that first 10 or 15 minutes. I didn't think we I didn't have it in my head, West Ham are going to score here. Often we go to away games and a team's turning and I think, oh, we can go one nil down here and we're going to, we're going to go one down. But I didn't feel that at all. I didn't feel that at all. I thought that, if I'm honest, I thought that West Ham were real poor. I really thought they were real, for the home side that had come to the Emirates with a great game plan, and played us at our own game and, and actually beat us, albeit we had probably had, were the better side of the night. It don't, that don't matter. It's goals that count. When we went to their place, of course it's in the back of your head, isn't it? They've beaten us twice. Of course, it's, of course you're thinking that the crowd is raucous. I'm forever blowing bubbles. They're loud and they're bouncy, which is what they were for the first five or ten minutes. I'll give them that. 
But all the time they were doing that, I didn't think they were going to score. I wasn't worried. I thought we pressed really well from start to finish. And that sort of nullified their movement uh, further up the field than where they would want it nullified, you know. Maybe if we hadn't pushed so hard and they'd have, they'd have been able to play their game another 20 yards up the pitch, that might have been a different story. But I see what Dan's saying because we had the same conversation yesterday, Fergus. <laughs> but I didn't think that we were in trouble. I really didn't. I didn't think we were going to give a goal away all game. I honestly didn't. They um they did a little bit on match of the day where actually we didn't press as much from the front, but we pressed as soon as they got into sort of our half of the pitch as opposed to pressing high and leaving space behind. But when we were pushed up, I actually thought Gabriel and Saliba did very, very good um up against the, the players that played there as the Kivior. But we just we just suffocated them and didn't let them out. But we made we made a few sort of lapsed passes, I think, in the first 10 minutes, which just gave them a chance to run a little bit and they looked a little bit more like they were gonna run at us. But as soon as we made a tactical switch, they, they literally didn't get out at all. I think um, credit yeah, to they, they, I think the, the coaches and the players there. Fuck. Yeah, there was a guy in the pub. Hang on one second, mate. There was a guy, a, guy, a guy in the pub last night who actually, West Ham fan, who we were talking to, and uh, he actually said that as that, um, soon as they got to the halfway line, we just took over the midfield and the ball just went straight. Luke is the guy's name. And the ball just went straight back to their goalkeeper. They just passed back, passed back, passed back. Go on, Trevor. Now, I've got a question. I wanted to run past Alex as well. Go on. No, I, I just, before we moved on and we were talking about West Ham, it's an interesting point that Heath makes there, boys. Is that, can you see that? Is that valid? Or were we just that good that it looked that way? Let's talk about it on Talk Sport. Um, but there was a few Moyes outs, but there's been Moyes outs for two years. The problem that you've got with um, West Ham, if they get rid of David Moyes, who is a very pragmatic style of manager, um, who did they replace him with? And, okay, there might be Graham Potter around now, but, you know, I don't know if their squad is good enough um, t- tactically, uh, technically to have a manager like him. But I think the best manager to replace Graham Mo- uh, David Moyes with is probably David Moyes. Um, um, what I was going to say to you, Alex, was um, the centre halves. Um, we didn't have two centre halves on the pitch yesterday. We had four centre halves, and we mentioned Kivior and so on. And you shared this here about um, Kivior's positioning. Um, expand a bit further. Yeah, I think this this uh, this one is is Ben White's, but it was just interesting what what Dan said because I think oh yeah, sorry, um, Ben yeah. White and Kivior, yeah. Yeah, this one is Kivios, and you can see he's far more pushed um, out to the side uh, compared to Ben White, who did come much more into midfield. And it's not something we've seen uh, too much from Ben White, as it's usually on the other side, um, the the left back that comes into midfield. But it just worked brilliantly, and it allowed Kivior to focus more defensively on their main threat, which was... Uh, Pause one second. Leanne, blue card. You're late. Ten minutes in Sinbin. Sinbin. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, but had to do it. <laughs> deserved. You have to be there on time. Um, yeah. No, I just think it was it was a, a good spot from uh, from Arteta that that he sort of reversed it around and this time um, made Ben White come into midfield and then um, it allowed Kimio to to focus more defensively on on Kudus, who was their main threat and is there probably the most dangerous player alongside uh, Jared Bowen. Because um, on their left flank uh, on Sunday, they had uh, Ben Johnson playing, who's normally a fullback. So 
they didn't really offer too much of a threat going down the left hand side. Um, so yeah, it's just really good, uh, good little tweak from from Arteta to uh, reverse it around. Mm, yeah, well, he tried that with Party in some games before, which didn't yeah, really he come did, off, yeah. did it? We don't, he he likes that inverted player and 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 Trev again. I'm just recalling conversations we had yesterday because we didn't have that many beers before the game. Strangely enough, for a derby game, um, but you commented how many times on Ben White's performance. He had 50 touches of the ball. He made 38 passes in comparison to Kivior, who we said was really good, who had 30 touches and made 15 passes. So you can clearly see how active he was in that game. Yeah, absolutely, and I agree with Heath's comment here. I, I, I don't can't think of many better than Ben White. He's, he's moved into position, been there a couple of seasons now, and he's growing into it every game. His confidence is high, and he looks he looks a real quality act. He could have easily been man of the match yesterday, as they all could have been. He, you know, I say White was a quality act, but look at Gabriel and Saliba, and then look at Kivior. We had a, our back four was absolutely rock solid yesterday, and Bowen. Credit where it's due, Jared Bowen ran his socks off yesterday. He did. Absolutely he did. ran his socks off, chased every ball and didn't get a look in. Didn't get a sniff. Didn't get a sniff. As, as some friends of mine, as you know, uh, my, my area around here is quite a lot of West Ham and Arsenal and, and Tottenham. But um, uh, all, all the West Ham boys were saying, like, you know, they felt sorry for Bowen. He's not a centre forward. He's a number 10. He's a, you know, he, uh, without Paquetta, without an outlet on there. Uh, the other one who we've all raved about and was linked to us is uh, Kudus. Kudus was totally anonymous, uh, anonymous uh, Dan, in, in, in that game, wasn't he? Yeah, but again, I think it's just down to us tactically because I, I, I did think at the start he could have got a couple of runs on a few players, but. Um, I think we were just so good that we nullified them. I wouldn't even put it down to them being poor uh, at the start. I mean, their heads definitely dropped after we got the the third goal. Like it, it, they came so quickly that it just it just knocked them for six. But for the first half an hour, West Ham did what West Ham do, which is they try and hit on the counter, they try and run into spaces, and they'll sit nice and tight. Um, I just felt like we was a lot more threatening. My, my only worry, probably a little bit different to what Trevor mentioned at the start, was I was sitting there thinking. You know, we've had three or four good chances before that first goal and we didn't take them. That is it going to be another one of those days? But when you've got set pieces as good as we are at the moment, it's a tool to open up a team. And as soon as we go one nil up and teams have to come out of us, it just shows how good we are. And that's why teams sit in. Dan, this is a good point by Albert. Uh, hi, Albert, friend of the show. Um, Albert says he's surprised. Bearing in mind that Ben White can play a centre-back and centre-mid, and he's done that when he was at Brighton, he's surprised that we haven't tried him more um, in that inverted right-back role. I'm not surprised, really. Um, I think I've said it a few times. I don't think Ben White can play that inverted role regularly. I think he, he did it yesterday in an area where he had someone in Ben Johnson up against him where he's not going to be caused too many problems. If he'd have switched, let's say, Kudus onto the other side, he would have been caused a lot more problems. But we have tried to invert from the right back position before. Um, Arteta has done it with Partey, as we as we mentioned, and I know a lot of people criticised them because they were saying Partey at right back, but it's the same sort of tactic just on the other side. So we, we've done it many times. Sometimes you see both come in as well, and you'll play like a two and a three. Sometimes it's a three and a two. It, it, it changes depending on games, but it, it, it switches in game as well. It, we might start in one way and switch to another. Yeah. yeah. Alex, uh, you, you're probably going to want to be able to answer Arnie's question. You know, we said uh, Ben White had 50 touches. Um, he wants to know, 
did he touch the ball less than Trevor and I and and the rest appeared on on, on the telly? I think it was about the same. Uh, I definitely counted forty times you, you came on yesterday, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. <laughs> He can so, play as a striker. Truth says White can play as a striker. What are you saying? Is he our new number nine? Oh, he's tall enough. Um, I tell you what. Look, <laughs> yeah. we're near, we're nearly uh, we're nearly um, uh, thirty minutes into this uh, into the podcast, but thirty two minutes into the game, Saliba he comes up for a commanding header, um, and it's the second goal of the season, and it was such a well worked. Uh, uh, set piece, uh, Trev, wasn't it? Yeah, I, it, it, I watched. I watched it back on match of the day today, and for I was absolutely right in what I was, what I saw, because where we were behind the goal, you could see the far end quite clearly, and we, we, we loaded the back post, we loaded the deep penalty, we, um, we, we drew their, 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 their defenders out, and then we loaded the back post and, and made it probably as normally if you put a ball in the back post, it's a 50-50 defenders attackers. I think we were probably 70-30 favourites to win that back post corner, you know. And uh, Saliba and Gabriel both scoring. Trust me, I absolutely agree with Dan about balls, you know, uh, goals in open play as well. But having having two people like Saliba and Gabriel up your sleeve who can get forward and score headed goals like they did yesterday, two fine headed goals, um, is a great thing to have. And Looking at it as well, I mean, when we played, who did we play when Gabriel got the first two goals and we were winning 2-0 at half-time and I was thinking, oh, God, I want to see our strikers score some goals now. Since then, it's Palace, gone mad. Palace. Yeah, Palace. yeah, that was Palace game, yeah. Since then, it's gone absolutely balmy and they're all scoring and they're all scoring for fun. I just need, I'm hoping young Bukayo is watching this show tonight, right, because I've got a bit of the ump with him, right? Although, you know me, I think he's the greatest young player in the world and no one will ever change my mind on that. I love the kid to bits. He had a, a real good Eddie chance last week that he missed and he had a real good Eddie chance yesterday that he didn't get on target. So, Bukayo, get in training this week. Practice them Eddie and them crosses in, son. We need more goals out of you. Come on, pick it up. <laughs> Go on, Dan. It's, um, it's interesting you said about Saliba scoring because... Unintended pun. At the start of that game, when he scored, I literally turned around to the person next to me and said, "Who scored?" Because I didn't know who would put the ball in the back of the net. So um, I genuinely didn't know who put the ball in the West End net. But we found out afterwards who did. Um, yeah. Quick question for you, Sue. I'm just gonna just gonna slightly slightly digress, right? Um, Arteta got asked a question this week. And he got asked... James. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, Arteta got asked a question this week, and they said, "Who um who would play him in the movie?" And I can't remember who he picked out, but a question for you and for you, Fergus, and for you, Trev. Since you're now famous, who would play you two in the movie? Oh, I got to be Clooney, aren't I? I'm Clooney. Well, I think yeah, I, I can Yeah, you know the old grey hair. You know. Oh no, I think I don't know who would play me. I don't know. I'd have to inspect well, him you, first. You know what I mean? Then. You've already played Papa Smurf, apparently, according to some guy on yeah. Twitter. Yes. <laughs> I like that. Do you know what, Ferg? Right? You talk about social media. We shouldn't keep going on about us being on the No, no, I know, I know. It's just been a bit hilarious. The point to make is that we've been heavily on social media yesterday afternoon and today, yourself and me. 
And it's been nice social media a couple of days, isn't it? Everyone's been having a laugh and a bit of a giggle. But no, one or two people have been a bit horrible and I've just blocked them. But there's been hundreds of people involved and they've all been nice and we've had a great chat. So good side of social media. Good side of social it, it, media. It, it did make Hang me on a think. Russ Morgan, I can go off you, son. It did make me think, though, Trev, what would it be like to be on the bad end of social media if that's a good end? It, Jesus, just, just leave it there. Leave it there. Yeah, yeah, 43% yeah, yeah. Of, 43% of our goals uh, were by set pieces. Um, a set piece goal so far for Arsenal, 16, um, ex- excluding penalties uh, for Arsenal. Um, penalties wise, though, um, we had Saliba, and uh, not Saliba. Um, Saka, and there was a VAR decision of Saka offside. Saka, um, yeah, it's just because I went Saliva. <laughs> it was like that sound was in my head. Um, with a, a, the penalty decision, um, it's his 50th goal. Uh, he's the youngest uh, player since Frank Stapleton in 1978. Now, I remember Frank Stapleton um, uh, playing for Ireland. Um, I wasn't really big into my football because only about seven at that stage. Um, how does he compare, Trev? Oh, he's a completely different player to Stapleton. Stapleton, from my memory, was an out-and-out striker. He was a damn fine player. Um, Saka offers more. Saka offers more, right? What are you laughing at? What have I done now? I'm not going to be balls out. So, I'm laughing at the comments. I'm just laughing at Uncle Albert. That's that's done me, that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've blackmarked you, Russ. You're in big trouble, son. But no, um, where were we? Saka is... The most complete player I've seen at the Arsenal, possibly ever, possibly ever. Brady was comparable, you know. Bergkamp was uh, at that in that little area era of Bergkamp and Omri. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I wouldn't drop Saka from any side to put anyone in it. He really is that good. He really is that good. And you know me, boys. I'm very biased, but I won't have a bad word said against him, especially if he improves his improves his headering. I, th- and, I don't think and, anybody's and, got a bad word to say about him as well. It seems like he's the most likable guy um, to all, all the other family, players as well. Stock. Yeah, he, he just seems yeah. a really nice, humble, humble man who's a yeah. uh, young lad who's who's um, very privileged and uh, lucky and knows how lucky he is to be in the position he's in. I will show the clip because this is the only clip and this is the end of it then for now, but uh, during the war, uh, this I'm is... This is after the Saka penalty. My mate who saw me in, uh, in the pub that night goes, oh, your, your friend, it's now I've got passionate. It's now I've got passionate. So it was good. We went on then 44 minutes into the game. Bearing in mind that 32 minutes, uh, we're at nil-nil. We've now, we're now at 2-0. Uh, and 44 minutes, Gabrielle um, scores from a rice-free kick, the set piece. Uh, Gabriel's 150th game for Arsenal. No centre-back has scored more um, uh, goals since 2020. Um, Alex, come come to me on Gabriel and your thoughts. Uh, like <laughs> um, Trev mentioned uh, he scored the opening two goals against Palace. He was part of that controversial um, VAR decision against Newcastle. He has been... Outstanding, one of our better players this season, I think. You know, as a as a, as a centre back, giving goals as well. Yeah, because I mean, first of all, he's a defender, so defensively he's superb as well. But then on top of mm. that, four, four, is it fourteen goals since he's joined joined Arsenal? 
Um, and the most scoring defender in Europe's top five leagues is just, I mean, it says it all. Um, he's been such an asset for, for us. Um, I can't remember how much we paid for him. I think it was less than 30 million pounds or around that. Um, he's just been like a bargain. Um, he's a leader as well on the pitch. You can hear him screaming and shouting all the time. Um, so he's vocal and, um, yeah, he's just a, a brilliant, brilliant player. And I think hopefully he gets a song soon because he deserves one. Um, he's really been one of the most influ influential players uh, this season, even though often uh, Saliba gets the praise. He's a phenomenal player. Megales! Megales! Good award. Sorry, I forgot he's already got one. He's already got one. I was going to go Ray Winston to you, Trev, but it's definitely Uncle Albert after that comment now, mate. <laughs> Uh, Leandro uh, uh, Trossard uh, averaging a goal or an assist every 99 minutes for Arsenal in the Premier League only Thierry Henry or Va uh, Van Persie have a better record among the players that have played at least a thousand minutes for the club 45 minutes plus two uh, assisted by Odegaard who was outstanding and just just played that midfield like a like a musical instrument but Trossard it was such a natural natural uh, goal it, is he the most natural fit in that position for Arsenal at this wow. moment in time and especially the way he he, he works with Havertz as well wow who are you, who are you asking me uh, Dan I said Dan oh, sorry Dan sorry son it's alright I don't think so I don't think so he look he's, he's a great option and he gives us something different but you still long term after for me have a a bit of a nasty centre half um centre forward someone that's a more of a focal point and someone that's going to score 25 30 goals a season if you want to really really be a top top side there are not many sides that have ever ever won multiple trophies without a top centre forward city's probably the only side that i can remember doing it with a false nine and then you can you can argue barcelona um with liverpool with firmino as well even him, he's, he's still more of a focal point than I think than Trossard. I know he drops deep into those spaces, but for me, Trossard is great there on the odd occasion. He adds a lot of control. He's not the deadly big man up top that that we need. Still, for me, he's he's there to come in and rotate maybe six, seven, eight games a season. Trev, you were saying wow, 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 and it sounded like it was a difficult question. What what's your what's your thoughts? On, on his well, I'll Go tell on. you what it was, mate. I was thinking today, which is unusual for me. I normally just put my foot in it without thinking. But I was thinking about our, our, our forward performance yesterday, and Jesus was missing. And all right, I don't think yes in yesterday's game, taking specifically yesterday's game, we didn't miss Jesus at all, right? We we just played that well, and I think. Trossard, before we'd scored a goal, brought one of the finest saves out of the goalkeeper I've seen all season, you know. So I think Dan's right. I don't think that we play the same front. Not not taking specifically Trossard out of the out of the scenario. I don't think it's wise to play the same front three or four all season anyway. Because I think what's what's helping us win games now is that we are rotating and we are doing different things. Not just up front at the back. I, I yesterday with Kivior. I mean, were West Ham 
expecting Zinchenko to play and, and find a lot more space down that side, you know? So by changing it around, you're keeping the opposition teams thinking they don't know what's going to come. Because when we change it, it's a big change, right? It's a big change. Like we spoke about the defence, and I just said, we had no inverted left-back yesterday. Right play came in a little bit, White did and did all right, but not to the extent that Zinchenko does. So maybe West Ham weren't expecting that, you know. Um, maybe West Ham were expecting us to go at Amada and they were going to play us at, at the game they beat us at earlier in the season. So I'm really happy with the team we put out yesterday. I think if any of them were, were dropped next week to fit Jesus in the side away at Burnley, I'd think to myself, bloody hell, they're, they're unlucky to drop out after that performance last week. But in my head, I'd be thinking, I trust our manager. I trust Arteta implicitly. So, yeah, I've sort of dug a bit of an hole there and not made the answers, but you see what I'm saying. At the moment, we can look at we can look at different side two weeks, you know, and I think that's what's helped get us back on our feet. I think we've changed the expectations that opposition have of us. They don't quite know what they're getting, and I think that's important to us keeping. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And just on Trossard's performance, um, I think uh, previously in, in previous games where he's been been the best for us is where he's come in and, and been very direct uh, from the left-hand side and just running at goal um, and, and shooting or crossing. But I think yesterday he did so, so well dropping dropping deep um, and playing in the tighter spaces. And we didn't really go over it, but I mean, the penalties, Saka's penalty, that was from a Trossard uh, uh, ball, through ball. I mean, he dropped into midfield and he played a, a perfect pass over the top to Saka, and, and that was the second time we did it in, in the match. Um, so, I mean, yesterday he, he did so many things well, not just being direct, but also in the tighter spaces and dropping deep and, and I mean, threading those through balls um, over the, the top of the West Ham defence. Is, is he the natural fit that we need in that position then, Alex? I think... Um, the thing that's probably been difficult for him is he's played with a lot of different players. So he's only now starting to build the relationship with Martinelli and, and Havertz as well. I mean, he could be... Uh, I just think... I agree. He, he can't be like in... He can't be... We can't be de too dependent on him because I think he's better just offering something different. Um, I, I still think we need an out-and-out -out nine, number nine. But I think he's perfect yeah, yeah, for, yeah, yeah, for what sure. he does... Um, he's perfect for what he does uh, and offering something different. And he is like the 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 best super sub you could think of right now. And for the price we got him, he's just been such a, a good um, buy from from the uh, Edu. <clears throat> no, absolutely, absolutely. Second half we came out and um, West Ham tried to try to come out. I think they were like punch drunk, and I think they probably got a new one torn for them at half time by uh, Moyes, Nolan, and Co. And um, it didn't take long until 63 minutes. Uh, Bakayo Saka um, gave his, and let me take that off. Uh, there we go. Um, gave his 100th goal contribution of his uh, Arsenal career. Dan, talk to me about um, Saka's fifth, uh, the again amazing assist by. Um, by uh, Odegaard and anything else you were going to put in there? 
Yeah, look, that 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 fifth goal is the difference between Saka being a very very good player and being a world class player. He needs to do more of of that. You know that that is what the likes of Mo Salah do and and the likes of of um, you know Ronaldo did when he was playing on the wing. Top top players cut inside and finish and score goals, and you can get your 25, 30 goals a season from from that sort of player. So that that was always my only question mark when he first came into this side was would he score goals and 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 you get that from young players it takes time to 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 build that and to to come into a bit more form and be consistent for throughout the whole of the season and he started to do that um and he's still so young you know you look at what's it 100 goals and assists or whatever he's had now at his age he's got so much more sort of room to grow as well and and so have most of our team. So is Martinelli. So is Erdegaard. And and we know they've all got goals in them, but they need to do it more regularly and be and be that one person that steps up when when you're struggling to score, when you can't break a team down, when you haven't got a set piece. Who's going to be able to to come up with something special? And I think he's got that something special in his in his locker. He just needs to be a little bit more um, unpredictable. I think at times. So so far at the moment, I think teams know roughly what he's going to try and do um stopping him is a different question because he's that good but he needs to be a bit more unpredictable on his right hand side Rev. yeah do you know what i i thought that that goal from saki yesterday was a better finish than a lot of people might think you know because he came inside onto his left and the goalkeeper instantly took lent to his right because he's thinking saka's going to try and curl this across me and I'd like to think that Saka saw him make that move and just drilled it in that bottom corner and gave him absolutely no chance. And, and for me, that was a much classier goal than it looked. You watch the goalkeeper, if you watch it back, as he cuts his side, the goalkeeper sort of leads to his right because that's where they go. All forwards go around that way, don't they? And Saka just drilled it in that bottom corner. It was For me, it was a classy goal. Yeah, and, and on Saka as well, I mean... A lot of people are saying he's been struggling a bit or he's been found out this season, but he's already matched his uh, goals and assists from last season. He's already now on 26 and we're only in, in the start of February. I mean, he's, he just keeps on improving and he keeps finding ways to to um, overcome those challenges that, that he faces um, with those low block teams uh, in particular. Mm. Uh, some substitutions went on. We made five uh, substitutions. Um, but before we done that substitution, um, this happened. This is a film from um, the West Ham end. What is it? For anyone that wasn't at the game, that's the view that us fans have too, by the way, from uh, anyone anyone that was in the upper tier has that view. Yes, it's horrendous. It's absolutely horrendous view. Um, and, and you can see on that video earlier the, the gap. But um, Rice's goal, Trevor, um, it was... Uh, it, that, that was the, the Rice's goal, wasn't it? I, mate, I couldn't see it. Yeah, it, it was, it was, yeah. yeah. Um, um, what, what, what I noticed about that one, Trev, was the the ball was coming back, and I, I, I don't know who was in in the box, but I, I do know that Odegaard was on the edge of the box, and um, it looked like the two players were, were like almost fluffing yeah, a lot. Him and Trossard. 
Yeah. Him and Trossard. But when you look at it back closely, at the very end, Odegaard must get a shout or something from, from Rice because he points and lets the ball go back to, to Rice and he scores that goal. Trevor, what, what did you make of the goal? What did you also make of his goal celebration, which I think is a little, you know, a bit silly that they have to do. Could have done on Adebayor, couldn't he? He could have. It was, <laughs> a, it was a world-class finish from 30 yards, wasn't it? Eh? It, was, it was just perfectly struck into the corner. Mayhem in the Arsenal end that Rice had scored at West Ham. A lot of West Ham fans have booed him yesterday, but a lot of fans also clapped him, you know, at the end. So I think Declan Rice did what Declan Rice had to do. I mean, if he'd have gone and celebrated us, Arsenal fans would have, you know, would have smiled. But we smiled anyway. So, you know, I'm not going to pull the lad up for not celebrating. If he, you know, he, he was at that club a long time, led him to great things. And uh, if he didn't feel like he wanted to celebrate, it's not about a celebration. It's about the fact that he weren't worried about scoring against them. Yeah. I don't care what he does after he scores a goal, as long as he keeps scoring. And he was desperate to score that goal. He hit it perfectly, didn't he? Mm, Trev, before we finish up on that, um, you could hear screams from the West Ham fans and the Arsenal fans at the goal. Uh, but the screams we could hear was young Ellie beside us. She's there with the uh, the Declan Rice 41 uh, scarf up. She was absolutely delighted. I think we're all willing him to score a goal there as well, weren't we? Yeah, Absolutely. They're, they're great company, Mark and Ellie, aren't they? We had a right good laugh down that front yesterday. Um, course, course, we were willing him to score for. I can't, I can't see any. I, I'm just over the moon. They did because we're five mm. nil up, right? We're five nil up at West Ham. 15, 20 minutes to go. He, he, he's not forced to strike that ball like that, right? If he had any thoughts about leaving West Ham in his head, he don't score that goal. When he hits that ball in the back of that net, there's only one thing he is, and that's an Arsenal player wanting to play for the Arsenal Football Club. And that'll do for me. What he does after he scores, if you don't want to celebrate, so be it. He wanted to score a goal, and he he scored a damn fine goal. And we did all this celebrating for him, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, for, for me, that was like that was the cherry on the icing on the cake, just to have to have him score that goal, six goals, level and goal differences with City. Such a good goal to do it as well. But the thing with Rice is, personally, I quite like the fact that he didn't celebrate. I think he, he was respectful and I think it's good for a player to, to do that. He'd been getting a lot of stick. He'd been getting stick in the previous games he played against them too. And he quite easily could have done what, what other players, um, for example, had a buyer have done, but he didn't. Um, shows his class, shows that he's an Arsenal-type player with class. And... I actually think it's a shame with the West Ham fans. Not and that, like you, you quite rightly said, not all of them booed him. So a lot of them clapped him as well. But I think it's a shame that some some of the fans booed him because I liken it a little bit to to as I remember Thierry Henry when when he left, right? And and look, we're a much much bigger club than West Ham are. But West Ham had Rice as their sort of biggest player that they probably had for a long long time. Lifted their European trophy and. Did a fan, you know, had a fantastic career for West Ham, same as Omri did for us. But Omri wanting to go to a, a club that he thought at the time was more capable of winning trophies and, and Barcelona with the Champions League. And Rice has just done the exact same thing with Arsenal. He's gone to a club where he feels like he can have a, a next step in his career, win trophies, and challenge for the for the, for the big 
big trophies. He hasn't left out of spite. He hasn't tried to worm his way out of the club. And he didn't down tools. He's a professional till the end. And um, yeah, I just find it a bit of a shame that some West Ham fans have, have, have booed him in the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. The game was all but, well, it was all done by then anyway. But um, the, the, the thing that uh, stood out to me was the five substitutions at once. Um, we had players like Cedric um, coming on who you know, hasn't featured for us um, at all uh, this season. Uh, he came on for White. Uh, Elneny came on for Rice. Nelson came on for Saka. Uh, Eddie Nketiah came on for Trossard. And Ethan Nanwery came on for, um, for Martinelli. Uh, Trevor, uh, you hadn't seen uh, Ethan Nanwery in, in the flesh before, because I think you gave me your Brentford ticket, or uh, you couldn't come to the Brentford game when I saw him debut uh, for the senior team. He's a beast of a lad. He's only 16 years of age. Yeah, he's a right lump. He's a right lump. And he, he, he looked really, I mean, yeah, we're winning 6 0, so he's not going to be worried, but he looked confident. He weren't scared to go up against West Ham and get in their faces and even had a little run at them once or twice. I was very, I was very, very impressed with Arteta's substitutions because we've said in previous weeks that why doesn't he use the younger players when we're winning? You know, well, yesterday he did. Yesterday he gave, he gave players that might be important if we got a few injuries a run out, i.e., El Nenny and Nelson, and even Cedric, right? Because Cedric's with us now for the rest of the season, integral part of the squad, right? And then he thought, I'm going to give Nwan the area a run out as well, and. Uh, yeah, and and we could have. I mean, and Ketia had a had a decent chance that he fluffed. Um, El Nenny had a shot or two at goal that on another day buries one of them in the back of the net. So yeah, we were winning six 0 but we did still look threatening. Although I think West Ham had probably given up by then, and we're just going through the the, the motions. Yeah, very much. Um, so. You know, but yeah, we could have scored more goals with them on the field, which was good to see. It was West Ham's heaviest defeat uh, since Blackburn Rovers. They lost 8-2 to Blackburn Rovers 61 years ago. Uh, Trevor, you must have been about... Were you retired by then? Do you remember it? Oh, sorry, I wasn't listening to you then, because when you talk, <laughs> I normally just turn off. Uh, listen, we all, talked... All we had, about... Trevor, was potato, potato. Potato, potato. Uh, let's look at some of the stats of the game. So let's get rid of that banner, first of all. Um, so we had... We had uh, that's the wrong one. Ignore that. Just let's get rid of that one. How yeah, I don't I remember them having nine shots no, no, on target. No, no. Um, listen, it, 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 this, this, I think they had one shot on target all game. Um, they did. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. In our last um, uh, two games, I want to put up on the screen here and show you how many shots on target uh, we've had. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> two shots on yeah. target um raya uh, the opposition have had yeah we've had yeah. on us on us yeah. faced sorry we faced faced thank you. the thank irish you. accent yes it's the foreigner telling the the guy who speaks a native language of english yeah. uh, how, to, how to say it properly um i, it, I it didn't understand me, it either Trev. don't worry mate <laughs> Well. <laughs> uh, it, it, it brings me on to uh, to Raya. He faced two shots on target in the last two games. Um, I said it against Liverpool, and I said it against again against West Ham. Um, he almost okay. He didn't have to do much as a keeper, but he's almost playing as a, a as a another centre half. 
and the footwork of the lad um, in in the game yesterday because we we saw a lot an awful lot in the first half, Trev, um, of his footwork and and how tidy he was with his passing and the ball control, um, and he was playing very very comfortably uh, across the back line. Yeah, okay, West Ham had a bad day, the office da da da, but Liverpool uh, uh, the week before, um, it's really going to be difficult for Aaron to get his uh, his place back when that's the type of um, uh, player that that that. Clearly, they want in 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 the Arsenal squad at the minute. Ferg, I honestly think right that the time has come now where we stop the comparisons. Right, I'm, I've I'm said my opinion. Just... No, no, let me let me let me continue because I'm not. That's not. I'm not going to go to you there, mate. But I've said my piece. Dan said his place. Alex has said his piece. You've said your piece. Loads of comments about the goalkeepers, and the fact of the matter is that Raya is our goalkeeper, and I support the Arsenal. So. Raya gets my support. But do you know what, Ferg? Apart from his footwork yesterday, I saw a keeper that's growing in confidence and stature, right? I saw a keeper that when we scored goals was turning around and running to the Arsenal fans and pumping his fists. And we've not seen that too much before. But I saw a keeper that's that knows he's playing behind a team that's playing really well and his confidence was up. And, and, and he just looked... He looked to me like a keeper that has just about settled into his new position in, in the club, yeah? And I'm I'm really pleased that I didn't go full in and say that I thought Raya was useless because that would have been wrong. Some people did, and he's not. He's a damn fine goalkeeper. I still have sympathy for, for Ramsdale, but I can see why Raya is now playing. And I'm not even going to do the... Comp- I've got too much in my head watching good things going on with the Arsenal Football Club, right, to worry about the goalkeeping situation. I'm watching a team yesterday and last week against Liverpool. We're honoured and lucky to be watching a team that, that are playing superbly. Didn't even cross my mind about the goalkeeper yesterday watching that game. Didn't cross my mind. I just watched a classy Arsenal team beat a team that's pressing for top six and beat them comfortably. Beat them by a mile. Dan, uh, Trevor makes some really good points about Raya. And again, no comparison. We're just talking how much he's improving and growing into the role. I know you've been a big fan from the outset. But literally, you could hear him uh, being far more vocal and far more engaged with his, his back line as well. I thought, that's my personal opinion. I think he's just benefiting from people such as Trevor's, he just said, Trev is not focused on the goalkeeping situation. He's focused on supporting the team and, and just watching us play. And the pressure's come off the goalkeeping situation a little bit in the last few games. Winning solves every problem. When you win, no one's talking about that. When when you lose, people want to get clicks and, and likes and everything else that they want to do. But now we're winning, focuses on how well we're playing, focuses on the goals we're scoring, it's on the set pieces, it's on clean sheets. and he's just got less pressure on him and he can now come into playing his game, which is in the last few games being fantastic at coming, collecting balls in the air. He got criticized for Luton. And I think since then he's been fantastic in the air at collecting balls. His distribution with his hands has been brilliant. His distribution with his feet has been brilliant. And he's a keeper that doesn't look under pressure when he's got the ball in his feet and we're being pressed. He's just a lot calmer. And and I think we're benefiting from that now. We've got two fantastic keepers, but that, as, as Trevor said, let's get behind whoever's in, in goal. He's, he's benefiting from no pressure. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally, 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 totally. Oh, could I uh, come guys, back to that two seconds? Yeah, yeah, go on. Dan, I, 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 I need to change the subject, Dan, but this is really important I discuss this with you because we've looked at it, you know, several times. Has John Malone got a point here, Dan? Are they straight? It's hard to tell, isn't it? Honestly, John, mate, I, I, didn't, I didn't want to dig him out again earlier because I feel like we're just always digging out Fergus, but I did notice earlier that that white picture in the middle just looks too close to the one to the left. It's not just about being level anymore. It's just they're not even spaced out, mate. <laughs> yeah. and, do you know what? That's I didn't notice that, Dan, but that's a great point. Yeah, you know, if you want spot. to learn about spacing, Ferg, have a look behind me, son. Look, it's just up and down's all right, but the space in between needs to be levelled. Mate, uh, I, I, I levels to it. Uh, listen, mine is, mine is just going to be on a podcast that nobody watches. So, you know, yours might be somewhere else, but will that's another so, completely... To be different. honest, Trev, though, don't worry. It won't be long and we won't even see the pictures behind him because he's gone and got himself a picture of himself on a canvas. His head's going to be so big. No, no he hasn't. No, he hasn't. <laughs> that, look, oh. that <laughs> Honestly, it's a classic. It's it's my profile picture as well. I just think, I, I think it's brilliant. Exactly. I love it. It's, it's, a cracking, it's a cracking smudge, that. It, it really yeah, is a great smudge, Fergus. I, I mean, I, I would have made Holly it, you took it. But not that big. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, to be honest, I printed it thinking it was going to be a small one, like the one of me and the wife in the top corner up there. But uh, yeah, my my um, my uh, perspective really got out. I don't think you can handle much much more attention now, Ferg. Last no, probably not. The home game against <laughs> Liverpool, your birthday, and everybody buying drinks for you and wishing what? you happy birthday. Was it, and then... was it my birthday? I think it was. Yeah, I think <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was. And then the camera, the camera oh. thing. This guy. Oh. That's that's a very good point, by the way. We've also not mentioned uh obviously last week was your birthday, fantastic win. Lyle was Lyle's birthday and another fantastic Happy birthday, Lyle. Happy birthday, Lyle, mate. Happy birthday, Lyle, mate. It was on it was on here to just to say he outdone me uh with more goals. So I'm oh. a little bit disappointed. <laughs> Listen, I've got to go back to the subject, right? Because um boy, uh, Heath makes a cracking a cracking point here and I did think that when he first came in the side, that maybe the defenders weren't playing with the confidence they had. But that's a noticeable change now. That's a noticeable change. I think the confidence in him has grown. And which, maybe that's a massive part of our defence plan as well as they are, boys. You know? Yeah, which is which is a really good point as well. Because how many times have people been saying about Sleeber, a couple of mistakes that Sleeber's made, and they're saying that, oh, he needs to pull his, pull his socks off. Gabriel, people are pulling out uh, a couple of... Being hypercritical on both of them. And okay, yeah, West Ham didn't offer anything. Uh, Liverpool didn't really offer anything, but that's down to fantastic defenders. Uh, look, um, can't, can't falter whatsoever. Uh, results didn't really go our way at the weekend. Um, none were unexpected. Uh, Trevor City uh, beating Everton two nil. Liverpool beating Black uh, Burnley three um, one. Uh, Tottenham uh, locking themselves. Oh, don't even mention that. Oh. Yeah, against Brighton. Brighton could have been three one up at home and hosed. Uh, and Man United are they um, top four contenders? I know they're six at the minute, but are they top four contenders? Beating Aston Villa, who seem to be dropping uh, away, which we expected. Uh, beating them two one last night. What, what do you reckon, Trev? What Man United? I don't care there. Yeah, they're improving, right? They're improving, but 
they're not they're not in our league. They're not in our league. Why are you laughing? That wasn't at? the question. That wasn't the question, Trev. I wasn't listening. I was reading something about that someone had put. What Alex, you answered the question. Go on, Alex. What was the question? No, do you no, think you, they'll get? Do you think they'll get top four? Oh, Man United. Yeah. No, I, I, it's the same answer. Then no, they're, they're improving, but they're not good enough. I think that we are going to win the league at Old Trafford this season, right? Twice. I think we're going <laughs> to win the league at Old Trafford this season, and I ain't coming home for a week if we do. Right, Manchester, I'm there. <laughs> England, I'm there. When we win that league at Old Trafford, oh my lord, what a party! Then I'll just have to calm down and detox before we go to Wembley and win the Champions League. <laughs> double, double, double. Mojito Trevor's on the double. One game at a time, guys. One game at a time. Mojito <laughs> Trevor. <Hey. laughs> what a picture. Uh, uh, just to close. Does you have just a trip on there, mate? Has Trevor had a trip No, he's had Mojitos on there. No, he's had the uh, he's he's had the old blade out. He's had a, he's had a trim up. <laughs> Not his hey, beard trim. though. I can't it, see it, past my belly to bloody trim him at the minute. I need to go on the fire. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was funny. I know you just do it sometimes, just out of out of jest. But when you got your tats out because it was such a good result, it was a shocking, shocking, shocking uh, scene on front of you. It was like it was just. Paparazzi cameras everywhere. Do you know, firstly, in my defence, right, I got the tattoos out because Fergus pressured me and pressured me and pressured me, right? Me? And then Fr Frimpong was in front of us, right, and we've been chatting with him all through the game. He's a lovely lad, right? He really is a lovely lad. I've never spoken to him before, but he was a, he's a great fella. And he said to me, have you got tattoos? I said, yeah. He said, wait till after the game and get them out. And Fergus lined it up with him. So Frimpong went at tapped his photographer on the shoulder and said, right now. So I lifted my top up and no word of a lie, right? No word of a lie about 20 press photographers all swung around. Like, click, 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 click. And they were saying to me, get it out again. I said, no, 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 you ain't coming out no more. That's it. There, there, there was a there was a TV camera that spun around as well because I think Frimmy uh, lined it up as well to to spin around. The TV camera spun out. Trevor goes like this, and with that, there wasn't twenty photographers. There was more, mate. There was probably forty or fifty photographers. And as Trev said, they were going, "Oh, we didn't get the we didn't get the photo. We didn't get the photo. Can you show us again?" He's going, "No, no, no. It's cold. It's cold. No, 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 no. <laughs> speak, to, speak to my agent. <laughs> Try again next time." Yeah, I have a question though, Trev. Will we be seeing that again in Porto? It's possible. You'll definitely be seeing it at Man United when we win the league there, and uh, we'll definitely be seeing it at Wembley when we win the Champions League there. So, yeah, I've had a photographer contact me today. He wants to do a private session. Get in, come on, sexy Trev. <laughs> <laughs> private session. <laughs> Are you on page yeah. three, Trev? No, page seven. Page seven. Oh, okay. Page three, four, and five. <laughs> well, said he said he could airbrush my bellies out of the picture. Double yeah. whammy. It, it, they put them on the broadsheets. He's got on, on the Financial Times because they need the bigger pages. <laughs> uh, guys, uh, thank you very much. As always, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, you know, they, these are always good. Even when we lose, I always enjoy these. But when we're winning a game 6-0, it just feels... 
even even better. Let's I've play got this. One more question, um, Ferg, that I'd like yeah, people to answer people to answer in the um, chat as well. We've seen Trev's tattoos. Can everyone vote? Is Fergus going to get the matching tattoo? <laughs> no, I'm not having a tattoo. Come on, no. matching ones. You two together. I can see it no. now. Anton Deck. spread on the Mat sun. Matching beards. We're with the new Anton Deck, aren't we? We are the new Anton Deck. <laughs> um, here we go. Have a li little bit of this, and then we'll do predictions before we finish. Love that. Love seeing it in the stadium. Love seeing it in the stadium. Important announcement, Ferg. Yes. It's not the best, but it's a start. But Declan Rice has got a song. I know it's not oh, the he best. Does. But it's a show of appreciation, and I'm all for it, mate, because that boy needs to know how much we love him. So Declan Rice has got a song. Hopefully, we'll hear it at Burnley, and then we'll hear it maybe at the Emirates, if we get lucky, eh? He does Thank have a song. Uh, and we've we've got a, a possible other song which we'll preview in, in a second as well. Before we finish up, Burnley away on Saturday. Are we, three. Are we, are we previewing? Are we previewing before we get royal approval? Or yeah, it's a bold move, Berg. When it's out, oi. it's out there. Oi, oi, oi! <laughs> you know what happened last time? Uh, Gabby's song was released without approval, and sometimes there's a process. Yeah, when, 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 when somebody when somebody's had nine percent Belgian beers, mm, that's understandable. You know, you, you you haven't you've had no alcohol since. My God. You got to, you wow. got to see the very the dark side of social media. There, you can understand yeah. my worry, can't you? After past experience, no, Ed, Ed Sheeran's <laughs> had one big hit. I think he's got a B side at least. Um, but yeah, uh, which has been taken off social media. This could be the follow-up album. Honestly, it could be the follow-up album. But before we do that, Burnley away, three o'clock Saturday. We know there was a big fiasco over. Well, there's questions over tickets. Yesterday we'll sell out quick on the three p.m. Uh, yesterday we'll sit uh, on a Saturday. Um, but they started at fifty, finished at forty uh, credits. So not many people are getting getting there. Trevor, you are getting there uh, gladly. Um, uh, Trevor, what's your score prediction? And obviously, you'll be there early, so you probably won't even know the score at the end. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, um, I think we'll win at Burnley. I think we'll win 2 0. 2 0. Dan, prediction? I'm going to go 4 0. Comprehensive win. Alex? Yeah, I think we'll, I think we'll win 3 0. We'll keep a clean sheet and we'll keep the, the goals coming in as well. Yeah, we've only kept uh, two clean sheets um, uh, in away from home games over the last 13 games. I am going for a clean sheet um, on the next game. And I'm going to go with Leanne. I'm going to go 3-0. I, uh, I, Burnley, I, I like what company does, but I, I, I think they've gone straight back down again. Do you know what, Ferg? It's, it's funny, you boys have gone for all them goals, and I thought about it earlier, because Burnley had got a young kid in goal, and he's a great shot stopper, but it's been shown already that it can be put under pressure. And I think with our set pieces going the way they're going, 
I think we'll beat them with set pieces if we don't beat them in open play. Yeah, yeah. So it could be more. Could be. Could be five. Could, Arnie could be right. Could be right, son. Yeah. Help that goal difference. Help that goal difference because we're never level on goal difference now at Man City. Right. Um, let's have a let, let's have a preview then. Drum roll, please, Dan. Um, you'll have to sing the song. You'll have to sing the words because people get the tune. So here well, we absolutely. go. Absolutely. Oh not. yeah. Ab ab absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Come on, Dan, unmute. You're on mute, mate. That's as close to a preview as they're going to get. They'll have to watch that. <laughs> sing it and then hear it at Burnley. Get him a ticket for Burnley and you'll hear it all day. Yeah, so we've got to say that. Um, if anyone out there, we're struggling for a ticket for our Dan. So if any of our good friends are watching, and happen to have a spare ticket. If you could line down with it, we'd be eternally grateful because you should we have put a lot of feelers out, and it's just it's really hard to get. As everyone yeah. knows, it's really hard to get tickets. But we've got a good network of friends, and even then, because of the limited uh, tickets and the limited allocation, it dropped down to it. It's just made it very, very difficult. Guys, you have been watching Guns and the Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast. As you can clearly see, by Arsenal fans, for you guys, for Arsenal fans. Um, we will be back. We might be back later in the week to do a preview of Burnley because we haven't covered Burnley a lot. But we'll definitely be back on Monday night um, uh, for... Oh, oh, where is it going? They're so small. They're so, so small. For the Champions League, Porto. Um, we uh, the, the Myself, Trev, uh, Dan, Dale will uh, be uh, going out to Porto. Um, but us three, Trev's going to be here, um, but probably arrive maybe a little bit late into the podcast, but we'll have Dale on as well. So there'll be, there'll be five of us in four windows, so um, it, it should work okay uh, next week. Um, if you haven't got a ticket, if you just quickly try and screenshot that, you might get lucky with a QR code and you might have Fergus's ticket. Yeah, no, you haven't. No, yeah, no, you haven't. I made sure it was covered. <laughs> Give it a go. It's worth, it's worth a flight just in case. No, 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 and that's not my one. That's 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 your one. <laughs> I've, mate, I've got mine here. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> right up the Arsenal, like the Spurs. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons, and remember to rate and review us too. Up the Arsenal. 